This is The Guardian. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Looking for your next great podcast? We live in unprecedented times. To make sense of it, what if you could learn from some of the most influential people on the planet? The podcast Tools and Weapons is hosted by Microsoft's Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Every week he has a candid conversation with guests, including Prime Ministers and Pulitzer Prize-winning journalists. The latest episode features Bayer CEO Bill Anderson. Though most of us know Bayer for pharmaceuticals, they're also focused on crop science. They're putting digital tools in the hands of farmers to get the most out of every acre. Listen to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts. Their methods certainly aren't popular. Police have made 35 arrests today after members of the environmental group Insulate Britain blocked more roads. Demonstrators were dragged out of the way by You might have strong feelings about them too. But whatever you think about eco-activist group Insulate Britain's tactics, most people would agree that having more insulation in their homes would be a bonus. It's warmer in the winter months, cooler in the summer, and lower energy bills all year round. Yet on Tuesday, when the UK government announced its long-awaited net zero plan ahead of COP26, critics pointed out that the few promises that were made to help get homes insulated didn't go nearly far enough. So we'll probably still be seeing Insulate Britain activists on our roads. But what exactly do they want? And should we be taking their demands much more seriously? I'm Shivani Dave, and from The Guardian, this is Science Weekly. As one of our environment correspondents, Matthew Taylor, you've been covering Insulate Britain and their action over the past few weeks. Who exactly are they? Insulate Britain is a new group, but they've got a lot of people who've been involved in previous groups, particularly Extinction Rebellion. It's a fairly small group. There are about 120 people who are active in the protests, but they're a pretty determined lot and they've taken more than a dozen actions over the past five weeks, which have brought widespread disruption to motorways and roads and ports around the country. So it's been quite a dramatic intervention in the in the climate movement. So you've said that they're small but determined, but who actually are they? And why have they decided to use these tactics of blocking roads to try and push their cause? I haven't met most of them by any means. The people that I know are extremely thoughtful, dedicated people from different walks of life, 
I think I can probably say that all of them would rather be doing something else with their with the time than, you know, getting hauled off roads and threatened to be run over. But they see this as the as the only way to really try and get some sort of meaningful movement on the solutions for the climate crisis. In terms of the tactics, that is partly about trying to provoke the government into a crackdown ahead of COP. But I also think it's about broadening the terrain so Extinction Rebellion next time don't look like the outliers. They look like a more reasonable group. Obviously, it's very controversial. I'm not saying that the tactics are necessarily right, but that's how they see themselves. If they're a group of climate activists who have been in other groups, why has insulation become the focus of their demands? Yeah, it's a sort of, it's a, when I first heard the name, it sort of made me smile really because it's a really mundane and almost suburban request and can we have a bit more insulation? But, I mean, I was talking to someone in the environment team and they're saying they've been trying to get stories about insulation and retrofitting in the paper for you know a decade or more because it's such an important issue, but everyone thinks it's too boring and suddenly we've got this group that's made it quite a dramatic, dynamic, uh, hot topic. <laughs> so um, I think, you know, in a narrow sense, I think that they're focusing on insulation and retrofitting and the UK's housing stock because it's everybody from industry to government to climate scientists accepts that this is really low-hanging fruit in terms of reducing the UK's emissions. Right, and I mean, in a general sense, it's obvious what they're asking for, more insulation. But what exactly are they demanding from the government? In terms of insulate Britain, what they're asking for is for all social housing to be fully insulated by 2025 and a legally binding commitment to fully insulate and retrofit all UK housing by 2030. Buildings in the UK account for 17% overall of the UK's emissions. Housing within that is around 14 15%. And so it's an absolute key area that we need to tackle if we're going to start meeting our emissions targets. And unlike some other things like um, agriculture or transport, it's relatively straightforward to fix. So if it is so straightforward, how do we fix it? <laughs> well, I guess it's relatively straightforward compared to other things. But for a relatively small investment, you can insulate fixed drafts, fixed windows, and you can have a big impact on those emissions. We have an energy efficiency rating in the UK and the average house in this country is now rated D. I think it goes from A to G. So it's a pretty low rating that most houses have at the moment. That's the average. Now, if you were to move that up to C, you would get big reduction in emissions with loft insulation, some cavity wall insulation and sort of draft exclusion on doors and windows. If housing accounts for 15% of our overall emissions... How much can we actually cut from that with the changes that you've mentioned? If we say a, a really serious, well thought through, well financed, high quality retrofitting program could reduce that by 40%, we've knocked off 8 to 10% of our overall emissions budget, which is pretty good for the amount of outlay you're going to do, as well as all the other benefits you're going to get. So insulation would reduce our carbon emissions and energy bills. But there's another big benefit, the effect that it would have on our health. Our best estimates for the effect of cold housing on health is probably something in the range of about five to 10,000 deaths per year. And on top of that, there'll be many more thousands of people who are made unwell. That's James Milner. 
He's an assistant professor at the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine. According to a 2011 report, excess winter deaths are almost three times higher in the coldest 25% of housing when compared to the warmest quarter. And cold often means damp, which can cause and exacerbate asthma and other respiratory diseases, something that particularly affects children. And they're not the only vulnerable group. We see especially higher levels of risk in older people, particularly people over about age 85, and people living with underlying health conditions, so particularly cardiorespiratory diseases. For example, there's good evidence that people with um, ischemic heart disease might be more affected by cold homes. There's also good evidence of adverse impacts in people with certain chronic obstructive respiratory diseases. Living in cold, damp housing doesn't just affect our physical health. We don't need science to tell us that living in an uncomfortable or even unsafe environment is going to be bad for our mental well-being. Even just the financial burden of trying to heat a leaky, damp home adds a lot of stress. So insulating our homes could make us all healthier and happier. Not only that, one modelling study that James and his colleagues did found it could save thousands of lives each year. But with one big caveat. What's really crucial here is is the issue of ventilation. So one of the aims of energy efficiency is to make homes more airtight. So you're sealing up the building. But the downside of doing that is that you can increase pollution exposures for pollutants that are generated indoors. And that could be quite a significant health risk. So what James is saying is there's a load of stuff inside our houses that can cause air pollution, like cookers, gas boilers, cleaning products, dust and skin particles, and of course fireplaces, and those dreaded wood-burning stoves. In terms of indoor air quality, this is quite an understudied area compared with outdoor air pollution, but the impact is potentially quite large. There are uncertainties around whether pollution that's indoor generated is as harmful as outdoors. But if we assume that it is, the burden of indoor air pollution is probably not dissimilar to the burden of outdoor air pollution. So perhaps something in the range of about twenty to 30,000 deaths per year. Which means if we don't ventilate at the same time as insulating we could be undoing many of the benefits we would get from sealing off our drafty, leaky homes. Or in the case of respiratory problems like asthma, we could potentially be making things worse. It's certain that we'll have to insulate and improve the energy efficiency of of all the homes in the UK. So this has the potential to be quite a serious issue, that we have to make sure we do this properly. If we do it properly it can have quite substantial benefits for people's health. If we do it wrong, there's the danger that we could embed these problems into the future and we'll be stuck with them. We have to think about getting a good circulation of air, as well as low-carbon heating and insulation. So no small task. To give you a scale of the problem, a report by the Institution of Engineering and Technology and Nottingham Trent University found that 26 million retrofits will be needed between now and 2050 to meet government net zero targets. Effectively, that would mean doing up 1.5 homes every minute. 
It was something I put to Matthew. We've heard how important it is to get this right for our health as well as reducing carbon emissions. But this is clearly, you know, a huge task. Do we have any idea how much it's going to cost? The Committee on Climate Change, the government's own climate advisors, estimate it will be 45 billion to 2035 and a total of 55 billion up to 2050. But crucially, you get a huge amount of spin-off cascading benefits from doing this. You reduce people's bills, you improve their day-to-day living conditions. It's a huge impact on, on health outcomes. I think there's an estimate that the poor housing in the UK costs the NHS between 1.2 and 1.4 billion a year. You provide employment. The cascading benefits from doing this outweigh the initial cost multiple times by all calculations from various groups over the last few years. Thank you to James Milner and Matthew Taylor for joining me on the podcast. You can find Matthew's coverage of Insulate Britain on our podcast webpage at theguardian.com. Well, that's it from us today. See you next week. This is The Guardian. Looking for your next great podcast? We live in unprecedented times. To make sense of it, what if you could learn from some of the most influential people on the planet? The podcast Tools and Weapons is hosted by Microsoft's Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Every week he has a candid conversation with guests, including Prime Ministers and Pulitzer Prize-winning journalists. The latest episode features Bayer CEO Bill Anderson. Though most of us know Bayer for pharmaceuticals, they're also focused on crop science. They're putting digital tools in the hands of farmers to get the most out of every acre. Listen to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts.